This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome to our listeners. Welcome, Joni. I'm so pleased to be chatting with you today, focusing on how we can fuel ourselves for a good night's sleep. For any of our listeners that are new to our Sleep Your Way to the Top series, we are recording the final part of this series. In part one, which was titled Bounce Forward with Ease, we introduced key facts about the importance of sleep as providing a springboard to bouncing forward. In part two, Joni and I explored the latest research on sleep and looked at deepening our understanding of sleep based on her latest research. In part three, Joni discussed the importance of sleep hygiene with us and gave us the ins and outs of practicing good sleep hygiene. Part four, we explored the things that we should be doing in the bedroom, but also the things that we should not be doing in the bedroom. So a fantastic episode there. And of course, focusing on the three most important things to be doing in the bedroom. Part five focused on the effect of blue light exposure on the quality of our sleep. And of course, looking at how to reduce our exposure to blue light as we move ahead from now on. And today, Joni and I are concluding this series with part six, Fuel Your Way to Good Sleep. And essentially, we'll be exploring how we can take practical steps to ensure that we increase our sleep quality. So, Joni, welcome. If you wouldn't mind just taking a minute and just introducing yourself. I know many of our listeners will be acquainted with you, but for those that may be joining for the first time, could you give us a little bit about your background and your purpose of being in the world? Absolutely, Karen. My purpose of being in the world is really to enable people to live their best and most optimal lives. I love to cover the four dimensions of resilience, and that is mental well-being, physical well-being, emotional well-being, and to enable people to lead a purpose-driven life. So those are the four dimensions. And uh, I love to really help people understand the personality type they were born using the Enneagram, Obviously, a lot around sleep and sleep research. It's such an interest of mine. I'm really fascinated by it. I also teach uh, cognitive behavior therapy courses for insomnia, the resilience stuff I've spoken about, and really also a lot around emotional intelligence. And we know that people who are emotionally intelligent outperform people who have high IQ 70% of the time. That's the world in which I live. EQ, IQ, personality, sleep, and resilience. Fantastic, Joni. Now, excuse the pun, but let's dig into this episode. <laughs> let's talk about the relationship between nutrition and sleep. Okay, there's a huge relationship. And I'm actually going to start with a, a little scary stat because I know a lot of people who are sleeping less than five hours. We know that we need about seven. But listen to this, Karen. It's a research that's been done where one night of sleeping about five hours led these people to eating up to 385 extra calories the next day. So those quickly add up, and a month of sleeping five or six hours a night, your body fat will just automatically increase by about one kilogram. So sleep and nutrition and sleep and the physiological changes in your body are real. 
how did that really happen? There's just two hormones, Karen, that are affected, and there are many more, but I'm going to speak about two. You have less sleep than you need, call it five or six hours, and this horrible hormone the next day increases, and this one is called ghrelin, and I, that name just makes me go, ghrelin, <laughs> it doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. That makes you, if you've had too little sleep, I guarantee that you wake up and you go, oh my goodness, I need some sugary, high-energy snacks. And that's what happens. You start eating far more than you would normally if you have insufficient sleep. And simultaneously, your leptin, which is the second hormone I wanted to mention, the production of that starts to fall. What does leptin do for us? Leptin is the hormone that says, okay, you've had that bowl of oats or cereal or egg on toast and you feel satiated. So it's the appetite suppressing hormone. So we are ending up with not a good ratio there if you have too little sleep, too much ghrelin, too little leptin, and therefore nutrition-wise, you're going to bound to eat more. But the scary thing is the research shows you want to really crave, or you do crave, those sugary snacks, which is, they are definitely not good for you. So there's a huge link there. I have noticed myself, if I'm not sleeping well, the propensity to gain weight is so fast and so enormous that it's just ridiculous. And the resistance when it comes to a packet of crisps is zero. (laughs) Salty, gorgeous crisps. I can relate to to that. Uh, What do you recommend people do to fuel themselves for quality sleep? I'm going to just start with the minute you wake up. I'm quite vociferous now. Just actually a good night's sleep starts the minute I wake up. I, in terms of nutrition and fueling your body, is that I wake up and the first thing that I have is hot water and lemon. And why? Because the brain actually dehydrates overnight. So your brain goes from being a lush, big, plump grape to being a shriveled raisin overnight. And that really does happen because beta amyloid is the hormone that gets flushed out of your brain and your brain shrivels. The worst thing to do fuel-wise is to wake up and have a cup of tea or coffee or green tea. Hot water and lemon is the first thing that I have. And then I love coffee, but I don't have coffee for the first two hours after waking. So I have a kind of a cacao and a collagen creamer, and I have that after my hot water and lemon. And then I only have my first cup of java, as I hit my desk, which is two or three hours after I've woken up. So that's important from fueling your body is to think about the caffeine intake and delay the start of that. And if you do that, you will really feel the difference when you have that two o'clock possibly, what I call the wildebeest nod, when your head just starts, (laughs) your chin starts hitting your (laughs) chest here, and you get that like nodding feeling where you just go, oh my goodness, it's the mid-afternoon slump. So delay your caffeine intake and you'll see a difference in the afternoon. So that's from a liquid perspective. While I'm on the caffeine message, I will just say that caffeine has a long time, long lifetime in your body in terms of metabolizing. So it takes about eight hours to get rid of the cup of coffee in your body. I don't have any coffee, that's tea, coffee or green tea after 1 p.m. in the afternoon because I go to sleep at 9 p.m. You'll work out what time you go to sleep, but from a fuel in your body, no caffeine for about eight hours. And you'll notice a big difference with that. You'll notice, even if you think, gee, coffee doesn't affect me. I've got a few mates, Karen, who have come around for dinner and they'll say, coffee after dinner, please, Joni. And I'll go, would you like decaf? And they'll go, no, I don't 
battle with sleeping at all. But I've noticed the whole night, when you look at someone's eyes, you can tell the window to the soul. There's 74 mm -hmm. muscles around each eye. You can actually tell when someone is not well slept. So even if you are one of those people who say, coffee after dinner does not affect me, please try just even for three weeks, no coffee, eight hours before you go to sleep and see if you, your brain functions differently, your eyes look different and you feel different energy. But that's on the caffeine side, it's important. Shall I go on to the real food? Because that was liquid food we, get, we have. Yes, please. Okay. There's so many, when we're fueling our bodies, there are many amino acids and enzymes and nutrients that we need that if we know what we're having, these combine with good sleep and they also help regulate the sleep cycle. I'm eating really cleanly and taking into account that I need these kinds of amino acids in my body. And I'm just going to speak through just a few of them and ones that are more relatable. So we all know about potassium and magnesium, I'm sure, and calcium. We've spoken about melatonin a lot on these podcasts. We need GABA for good sleep. And then we need tryptophan. So tryptophan is something that I've been really quite interested in lately because it's come up in so much research. And this is a really essential amino acid. So our body can't produce it. We have to eat it. And I have started it. I'm always an experiment in and of myself is I've started to think, okay, if I just have a, a dinner that's just a few veggies, a veggie soup perhaps at night before I go to sleep, I do not sleep as well because I don't have enough tryptophan in my body. So tryptophan plays a role in producing serotonin. And we have spoken about that before, that we need serotonin, that mood stabilizer to produce melatonin. So where do you get tryptophan? The listeners may be asking. Is you mm. get tryptophan in whole milk, in canned tuna, in turkey, in chicken, in oats, and cheese, and nuts, and seeds. So for instance, last night is a good example. It was a Sunday night, and I, I'd made a fantastic veggie bake. And I thought, yo, this is, it really is, it was quite delicious, I have to say. And that was quite satiating. But my husband insisted on some grilled chicken. So I just cut up a chicken piece, and that gave me the tryptophan. And I had my veggies with that. So just think about at night, some people do milk with lovely cinnamon and cardamom, perhaps, and lovely spices as a nighttime drink. Some cultures do that. And milk has got a lot of tryptophan. Or your chicken or tuna or even some nuts and seeds at the end of the day. So if I'm hungry at night, I'll sometimes just have a handful of nuts before I go to sleep. I've cleared the cupboard of those gorgeous rusts, Karen, which are... I could have <laughs> lovely herbal tea and rusks, but I do find that I battle to have one, I battle to have two, it's normally three or four. Those are no longer residing in my cupboard. And that is unfortunately sometimes the only way that you can stop, isn't it? It's cold turkey, is get rid of them. I love them and I'll buy them for treats, but they're not in the cupboard on an ongoing basis. You buy them when you're willing to have three or four in one sitting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or when I'm friends over, then I insist that everybody eats the rusks so that they're none left. <laughs> yes, and they take the box home with them when they yeah. leave. Go home with food, please. <laughs> okay, there's a few things. So I think milk is a good, I just had a question around, would oat milk be the same for perhaps some of our vegetarian or vegan listeners? 
Yes, it would, because oats also have a, a good source of tryptophan, so good question. Yep. In fact, oats, if you have lovely oats, as a, sometimes my family members have that as an afternoon snack, it's got a lot of tryptophan, and one cup of oats has got 147 milligrams of tryptophan, so it's a good source. So oat milk will be just the same. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Now, what about late night snacking, especially on those nights? And I think I'm probably most guilty of this is if it's a day and I've still got calls or I'm working late into the night, I can make it till about maybe nine, 10 o'clock. After that, I start getting a little bit peckish. And then it's one trip to the kitchen, come back, do a bit of work. And then maybe the next trip just to keep myself awake. And then the next But How bad is that late night snacking? And what is it essentially going to do to my sleep? Yes, it is bad. And it's it's that feeling which I've had so many times where you go to the kitchen, you open the fridge, and you're expecting something delicious to jump out of that fridge. You're going, what is in here? You're quite satiated from supper, but because your brain is burning, and you're working or trying to decipher something, you're looking for that snack. What are the kinds of things? I mentioned almonds are the things that are nice to snack on. I sometimes roast my almonds, and I have a little bit of olive oil and salt and I have some other pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds. I make a kind of a nice snacky roast, and that's so lovely. I have low blood pressure, so salt is really good for me. And I have some of those good fats. Walnuts are also good, Kieran. I look at a walnut, and when you look at it, I always think that just looks like a brain. I'm sure it's brain. meant to make me cleverer. <laughs> so <laughs> there's some research showing that walnuts are good for sleep, and they include melatonin serotonin and magnesium, which is really good. The other thing that I love late at night that's sweet, I always say it's God's sweet to my children, is a kiwi fruit. And it's an unusual one. People don't think about it. But kiwi fruits also researched to have a good link to sleep. And there was a study, it wasn't huge, but people who ate two kiwi fruit one hour before bedtime for four weeks experienced really much better sleep, improved total sleep time, and when you measure sleep efficiency, that improved with them as well. Plus, it took them less time to fall asleep. I have to say, as a ritual for me with kiwi fruit, is that I, and I say it every time, and my children who are 22 and 24 go, Mom, you repeat stuff that is really boring. But every time I open, I slice open a kiwi fruit, I go, this design is beautiful. It never ceases to amaze me how pretty that fruit is. So I have a kind of a little mindfulness exercise as I peel it. So I might have that with some slivers of cheese. And there you've got a double win in terms of tryptophan and uh, serotonin and melatonin with your kiwi fruit. So that's a good idea if you want a snack. So have those good snacks. And if they are all there at eye level in your fridge, Karen, that's what you'll go for. I was just about to say that because what you're mentioning now, if you think about it, the food sounds delicious. There's nobody that would say that doesn't sound nice. It wouldn't make me feel satisfied. The problem is that we're stocking our pantries with packet-based food, stuff that you can pull out this instant stuff, which is not good for us. And how quick is it to slice open a, a kiwi fruit compared to opening a bag of crisps? Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to get that same visual appeal from your bag of crisps, I promise you. So go kiwi fruit. Now, what about chamomile tea? Having a cup of chamomile tea seems to be quite an institution. Most people associate that with a good night's sleep. There's some research around that, certain for insomnia. And there is a flavonoid compound, pigenin, which is responsible for sleep. And that's in your chamomile tea. It will give you some sleep-inducing properties. 
there's not a huge amount of research on it. I personally think that, again, it's a ritual. It's, again, you know, that inner dialogue, Karen, is so important for sleep. So what are you telling yourself? You, I make it a ritual. I boil the kettle. I've got a beautiful teapot. I actually use loose tea. I'm personally not a fan of chamomile. I've got this magnificent cinnamon tea that I buy, loose leaves into that teapot, and I've got a little strainer in the teapot, and it's a ritual. So it's a beautiful, soothing ritual. And actually, my cinnamon tea, in terms of I do have a sweet tooth, and that wanting that something sweet after dinner, the cinnamon tea does it for me. And it's a ritual, like this is the last bit of my day. I'm perhaps sitting on the couch reading something or making my way towards the bedroom with my cinnamon tea. And it's this is the end of the day. Put a full stop in it. Even if I had, didn't do everything I set out to do, it is the end of the day and I'm going to have a good night's sleep. Tomorrow is another day. I think that's fantastic. I think just, I know we're speaking about nutrition now, but that ability to put that full stop at the end of your day, because often we were trying to get through the list to the point that you will work until you can't anymore and that becomes your full stop it's almost when you're passing out as opposed to consciously putting that full stop in place and creating that ritual around it i'm intentional about that full stop i will absolutely not after i've gone into my bedroom and to my bathroom to have my shower bath there'll be absolutely no work after that which is seldom because i, I don't like doing that is none of my evening the sleep hygiene episode that we had I think we discussed this that won't happen so putting that full stop in and I also we just do know from brain science Kieran that you slogging away thinking I've got to finish this document I've got to finish this proposal and you like grit to do it but it's going to take you three times as long at night it really is go and have a good night's sleep wake up 40 minutes earlier the next day and you'll finish it in lightning speed. The brain, it's quite phenomenal. I had that last night. I was a personal war story. So last night, I thought to myself, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I write a LinkedIn article and it's around sleep and it's around resilience. And last night, I thought, gee, I haven't written the, the LinkedIn article for Monday and Monday is going to be a very busy day. I may not have time. So I, I thought about a few ideas for what I would write today and I went to sleep and every time this little puppy of mine woke me up, I seemed to be dreaming about this LinkedIn article. <laughs> so, I was, so again, I, I thought to myself, gee, it's, maybe I'm brewing a really good article here because every time I wake up, I'm thinking about, seem to be thinking about the same thing. And I got up at five o'clock this morning and boom, bang, in 40 minutes, I'd written that LinkedIn article. And I'm so glad I didn't do it last night and I did have a slightly different take on what I wanted to write this morning. It's really the brain is freshest in the morning. We forget that the prefrontal cortex, that decision-making, executive function, prioritizing portion of our brain is a bucket of energy. So when you're trying to work late at night, that bucket of energy is depleted and you start every day with a full bucket of energy. Do that important work first. And then to the earlier point that you made, Karen, is put a full stop in your day earlier in the evening as opposed to later. So Tony, any do's or don'ts around food before we go to bed? More specifically, we've spoken on some of the do's, but what should we not be eating before we go to bed? Good point, Karen. I, sugar is, is really not good for us. So anything that spikes your sugar, so sweets or any biscuits that are high in sugar and that kind of thing, it, it, there is research linked to poor quality sleep. If you do have a sweet tooth, then a square or two of 80% dark chocolate is the way to go, but avoid any normal sweets and carbs. 
And then some people really battle iodines, but some do with spicy, more acidic foods. So if you are a person who experiences acid reflux, then you shouldn't have a spicy food at night or you have it several hours before you go to sleep. So if you go to sleep at nine, you're having a six o'clock supper. And then caffeine we've spoken about, but I think people should remember, I had a guy the other day who had no cooking clue that a carbonated soft drink he was drinking has got caffeine in it. And he was having, that was his treat after dinner. And I said to him, let's just get rid of that as well. Let's start with um, herbal teas, or if you really want something carbonated, then soda water or sparkling water. And actually what's quite nice to do, I only do this in summer though, is a few drops of peppermint oil in a in sparkling water. And it's incredibly refreshing. It helps digest your food. And that's what you should have. Sorry, I've gone straight from what you shouldn't have, Kieran, to what you should have. But yes, summarized in three bullet points is spicy foods, sweets and carbs, and then, yeah, any caffeine. Joni, tell us, I'm from Sleep is Your Superpower online program. How do you encourage people to make lasting change? So you've given us, and I'm just thinking, reflecting over these six episodes that we've had together, or six parts of our series, there's just so much. And essentially what we're asking people to do, or what you're asking people to do, is to really change their habits. And we know it is one of the hardest things to do. So how do you manage to get people to make these lasting changes through your online program? I just enable people to to put tiny habits in place because, and to do it in a stepwise fashion until you build up a system around you. So there are the tiniest things where you think, is that really going to matter? And yes, it is going to matter. You're going to get a good night's sleep if you go for a 10-minute walk in the morning. A tiny habit is to put your, your walking clothes in your bathroom. As soon as you wake up, you go to the loo, you put on those clothes, and there's no debate happening in your mind. So the tiniest little things that you think are insignificant. I love, love, love the James Clear Atomic Habits quote, Kieran, which is you don't write to the level of your goals, you sink to the level of your systems. So if your goal is to have seven hours sleep minimum, you're not, you don't want to get up tight and all fixated about that. You just want to have systems and tiny habits in place that enable you to have that on most nights. Because the minute you get stressed about that goal and you're not getting it, it becomes a terrible vicious circle. I teach people the really simplest, most practical little biohacks to make sure they have quality sleep and minimum seven hours. Thank you so much for this incredible journey that we have been on. Personally, I have learned a lot and I have some great takeaways and definitely not only will be implementing, but have started implementing. And I suppose the next question is, how can our listeners get in contact with you? And if you wouldn't mind just perhaps sharing one or two reflections over the series with us. I've so enjoyed it. And I keep on thinking, hey, Karen, there's more that we can do. So maybe we'll do series two as my next uh, first comment, actually, as a forward looking. And then the reflection is a good point. The reflection, when I've gone back to what we've done in the six episodes, I just thought, actually, the little stories that you and I have told are probably the most memorable. What are we practically doing, you and I, who both look after our bodies and our brains and run families and run businesses where we are inspiring leaders to to maximize their own self-care and that of their exec teams and their entire organizations. Because we role model, whether you're a leader, a mum, a dad, we all role model to the people that live with us or work with us. 
So the reflection is that I'm really hoping that some of the very practical tips stick. And I'm hoping that people do perhaps want to take this a bit further and listen to the Sleep is Your Superpower online course and really keep refining their sleep. You and I, I hope, Karen, in a nutshell, have built self-awareness around these podcasts because the minute we become aware, we start to change some of our self-beliefs and then our behavior patterns. And when we get those into a system, then life becomes a whole lot easier. So I hope that the first point of self-awareness has changed dramatically about the fact that sleep is an essential part of your day and something to relish and not to avoid. Joni, fantastic. Thank you so much. On that part of self-awareness, I think if anybody's sitting in bed, listening to this podcast while your TV's on in the background with Mm -hmm. a bag of chips in hand, please (laughs) go back to part one and listen again. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we will find you. We are all We will find you. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Tony, thank you so much. Karen, it's been such a pleasure working with you. You too.